0: Welcome to Ordinary People, Extraordinary God, Conversations for the Soul with Janelle LaRue and Friends. This is my first podcast. It's January 22nd, 2019, and I am in the bed at 621 p.m. (laughs) I was supposed to start this yesterday with a good friend of mine and Things just didn't pan out the way we had intended. And I actually got sick. But um, I'm truly a believer that when God puts something on your heart, you really just have to move forward and get it done by any means necessary. So if this is really, really rough, that's the intention. Um, but I'm excited because I get to talk a little bit about me. Me today and why I even started this podcast so again it's Ordinary People Extraordinary God Um, it came from a book idea maybe about five six years ago that was placed on my heart and I wasn't quite sure where it came from I mean I know now where it came from but um, I've always been fascinated with people's stories of how they came to know God um, and know God for themselves and I am very much a Christian woman. I was raised in the Baptist Church, Pentecostal, Apostolic—you name it. We were in church. My mother made sure that we were always in church, and we explored uh, within the Christian realm of churches. My uncle was an Apostolic Bishop. Apost- apostolic Bishop. Apostle Bishop. We'll go with that one. Apostle Bishop. Um, may he rest in peace but um i've always grown up around church and um the tradition around church and watching people praise god but you know not really having a connection to it personally as a kid and so when i got the chance to break away from going to church every day <laughs> I didn't go I got to college and I you know I was like oh, I got work to do I can't go I can't come back down for that um, but some things happened that brought me back to the tradition and really helped me in creating a more intimate relationship with God that was my own that I understood and my purpose in doing this initially was to be able to chronicle some of those stories that people would share um because my interest was in you know just putting it out there and and having us share our stories about it but as the years go on you know things change life happens you don't have time you forget and it wasn't until last year that it came back up again but I've been going through my own spiritual experience I think it's been much of an awakening in a way um There's so much that that has happened. I guess that's why it's good to have a podcast because then I can keep all this information that I'm providing in one spot. And there's so much that I can share. And I'm sure all of us have different stories that we can share that kind of lead us up to a place where we are able to start a thing that has been very special to us. So um, this is a big deal because again, It came back up last year, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to write this book. And it got all the way up to December of last year, where I'm like, on my goal sheet. I'm going to write this book. I've started lining up who I wanted to interview, and it's going to be great. And then I sat in on a webinar with a young man who actually gave some amazing tips around how to... um, how to start your book without with little to no money And it was dope And I was on fire And then I sat down with my mentor And my sister friends And I started talking about it with them And one of them said Sarita said Why don't you just turn it into a podcast And I said you know what What better way to get it out there Than just start talking about it And I'm a talker Although I'm an introvert I'm a talker So I decided I was going to do a podcast. I got my logo, started doing research on it. And now I'm here talking and recording this. Um, But going back to the whole idea around the spiritual awakening, I've been really going through a space where I am understanding that, and this is something that's been revealed to me, um, God speaks in so many different ways to all of us. And, you know, growing up, you you're taught that your tradition is the right one. And what God has been saying to me recently is that it's all interpretations of me. It's all me, you know. So regardless of whether you're Christian, you're Muslim, you're Buddhist, you are Jewish, you are um, spiritual, but not religious. (laughs) You believe in astrology, all of it. It belongs to him. He said, it's mine. It's all mine. you but it's mine. That's mine too. And so it got me to thinking to not exclude any other religious experience from this conversation. It made me think, you know what? If it's all him, then I want to talk to everybody. So my quest in doing this is to talk to everybody <laughs> and to, um, share some of the experiences, asking two major questions. When did you know God was real? When did you know him for yourself? And of course, there are going to be other questions that I'll ask during that time. But just having conversations with people about it has been eye opening. It's been so stirring and it's been offline. And I've been like, not pissed, but I so wish I had my microphone in those very organic moments because it was crazy hearing some of this stuff and not all of it is not fantastic. It's um, just sometimes it's a subtle thing that lets you know. And um, like I said, I started writing, wanting to write the book. I actually started writing a preface. And what I decided to do on the first podcast session tonight is instead of trying to interview somebody, I'm going to read. excerpt from the preface and leave you with that as a way to kind of start this conversation and launch the um, the series and my prayer is that you know God leads and for those who are questioning they get some answers for those who are on the fence they get some answers (laughs) Um, But that we all come to a knowledge of and respect for um, energy, God, who he is, how he shows up in our lives in so many different ways. And my, my hope also is that we learn to love, respect each other because of it. We can see the God in each other. So here's the preface. Running has been easy. Avoidance has been easy. It's not until you're forced to face an issue Where you have no choice but to deal with it, process it, go through all of the emotions involved that you realize your resilience. Death did that for me. I had a cool childhood. My memories aren't bad. They they aren't even what I'd call traumatic. I was surrounded by a lot of love. I'm the youngest of three girls and I just found out I have a brother. But anyway... I am the baby of the family, and my older sisters are six years and 14 years apart from me, respectively. By the time I could have a full conversation with anyone, my parents were divorcing. I remember snippets of my dad from growing up. He was a serviceman, immersed in the life of the Marine Corps. He went to the Corps right after high school. And then between wars and tours of duty, he married my mother and managed to make my sisters and I, with the help of my mother, of course, So back to the snippets. Number one, mom was in the kitchen making breakfast. I remember him telling me to do something and I wouldn't do it. And He was ready to spank me when my mom intervened. Number two, sitting on his lap drinking the last of his beer. The nasty sudsy part. And I still, I like beer, but I still have a hard time with it. Number three, walking past the bathroom while he was in there with my mom. He was about to go to the bathroom, standing up, and she closed the door. And then number four, we went to my paternal grandmother and grandfather's home to meet my dad's new wife. That's a whole other story by itself. But that's it. While it doesn't mean I don't have other childhood memories, those are the ones that I do recall and well when it comes to him. And they are snippets, but what I remember is how I felt in those snippets of that time. Uneasy, disrupted, and anxious. My mom was dope, an amazing layered woman of God. And in talking to my sisters, mommy was a G. She took no tea for the fever. However, I grew up with a woman quite the opposite. She didn't smoke. She loved her family. She gave up a lot of her own dreams to see us realize our own. She was fearless and fearful. She was adventurous and cautious. She was the consummate giver. Whatever she had, she shared. She did not expect anything in return. She supported. She expected chores to be complete and to go to church every Sunday and many weeknights. For a long time, she did not drive. And so we took the bus everywhere, as well as a couple cabs. Like I said, I had a cool childhood surrounded by the love of my family and extended family. But that's not what this is about. I talked about my mother and who she was in the last paragraph, but my words do her no justice. She was an amazing woman. Over the years, I lost my grandparents, uncles, play aunts, and family friends. Each of those losses hurt more than the last, especially that of my maternal grandmother, Lillian. But when mommy died, it knocked the wind out of me. Have you ever been gut-punched by life? This was mine. Like a full-on uppercut by Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield combined. Even as I write, there has been nothing more devastating. I pray that there is nothing to come more devastating than losing her. So I was a senior in college. It was September of 2003. Just coming off an amazing junior year, I had rocked my college career thus far. Coming out of high school was difficult. I failed my junior year and I almost didn't graduate. My last chance was what was called the last chance exam. I took it for math. My mom encouraged me to go to college, although she wasn't totally well-versed on the process. So when I got into college and decided to go, it was like I received a second chance at success. Lord Lord knows I had no clue what I would do with my life after high school anyway. My first three years included a major breakup, death of my grandfather, becoming a resident assistant, working three jobs on campus, maintaining a 3.45 GPA, the death of R&B singer Aaliyah, and 9-11. A lot happened, much of which was good. My mom and I had a great relationship. She was right about most things in life, and once I stopped smelling myself, I understood every lesson and every piece of wisdom she ever gave to me. Getting to senior year was a triumph. I was almost done. The weekend of September 26, she insisted on coming to get me from school. The next day, I was scheduled to work Fall Fest for a student government, which was the college's family and alumni weekend event. We had an early and long day ahead, but mommy insisted she see me, so I obliged. My college, Gwinnett Mercy College, was about an hour from our home in Southwest Philadelphia. Hour up, hour back. That night, we talked about so much. School, relationships, family. She made chicken with celery seed, garlic, and onion, and I ate until my heart's content. It was the best chicken she ever made. The next day, she took me back to school early in the morning. I kissed and hugged her goodbye, and that was the last time I saw my mom. I did speak with her that week as per usual. We actually talked on October 1st, earlier in the day. My nieces were in the car and I could hear them talking in their toddler way in the background. I was about to go into class for the rest of the afternoon and wouldn't be able to chat until close to 9.30 p.m. All right, Mom, I gotta go. Talk to you later. Okay, Janelle, have a good day. I love you. Love you too, Mom. (laughs) While in class that evening, my phone is going off. My family knows I'm in class. Why are they calling me so much is what I'm thinking. So on my next break, I call my sisters back only to hear Ramona say, She's gone, Janelle. Who? Mommy. She's gone. The rest was a blur. I know Jehiza got on the phone to explain what happened. And these are my sisters I'm talking about. She is the one that found mommy. My mother had died in her sleep. In our house she came home to meet my cousin which was her usual routine and she sat down in a chair under the stairs to rest her eyes as she would say she died right there and that's the house that I'm in right now doing this podcast as I write I'm remembering the story and realizing I'm in the same house a few feet away from where she passed she wasn't sick but apparently it was her time to go The next few years were interesting, but I'll talk about the next few weeks after her death because that's where I started to see God show up through the people that loved her and us. We went to the funeral home to make arrangements for the service with no money. Her insurance lapsed a month prior. We contacted the cemetery where the family plot was located, and my maternal grandmother, grandfather, and uncle were already buried there. We knew there was enough space left for other family members. We will bury mommy there. Nope. Apparently, burial plots are considered property. So since my grandfather was the last person to be buried, the plot rights passed to his children. That's a whole nother story. So we reach out to our aunt, my mom's stepsister, to ask her to open the plot to bury my mother. She said no. Overwhelmed, I prayed asking God to help because I didn't know what else to do. We all prayed because we were stuck. This amazing woman deserved our best because it's what she gave. We pooled what money we had to begin putting the service together. Still not sure about where we would bury her, but then God stepped in. Our family church got wind of the situation and paid for the service and burial. Our cousins, who had a plot not too far from the one we wanted to use, opened theirs for her. Still, I am grateful to my church family and to my blood family for the way they took care of her and us during that time. This was my first foray into picking up what God was putting down. He was showing up all this time, but I finally took notice. There are so many ways in which God was showing up in everyday life. At least now I was paying attention to it. Things were just lining up too good, especially during times when I felt my back was totally against the wall. He took care of me when I didn't even know what I needed. I guess that's how this whole thing works. During this time, though, I became sensitive to how he was communicating with me. One night, I was in bed sleeping and woke up around 2 a.m. as usual. I always have trouble sleep- staying asleep at night, and I still do. Trying to go back to sleep, I started watching this movie on television. It seemed boring enough. As I'm watching this story about a girl and a farm boy falling in love, the scene takes a turn where she sees the tractor he uses running without him on it. Somehow he fell off and was killed by the machine. Then here comes the funeral scene, accompanied with burial. Now, mind you, the last time I had gone to a funeral was my mother's funeral. So I lost it. Totally lost it. Crying in the bed. I mean, heaving. Crying. I was not expecting that from this boring movie. The scene really triggered me, and I realized I hadn't been to a funeral since my mom passed, and rightfully so. I was not ready, but the scene forced me to purge what I had been holding on to for so long grief. I was not really allowing myself to grieve, I just threw myself into everything else around me to avoid it. Well, here I was, and here it was, staring me in my face through the boring movie as I neared the end of my cry I kept hearing let not your heart be troubled and I dismissed it let not your heart be troubled I heard it again it prompted me to pray about how I was feeling I poured a lot out to God that night and I fell asleep thereafter it was probably the best rest i had had in a while so I woke up the next morning to get ready for church and do my normal routine while getting dressed, lay the clothes out, pull the makeup out, and turn on WDAS for that good gospel. As I'm doing my makeup, I hear the scripture for today is John 14, verse one through three. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may also be. I stop dead in my tracks. You have got to be kidding me. I asked God, was this a mere coincidence? (laughs) Nope. All the nopes in nopesville. Nobody nope. Nope, nope. (laughs) he meant for me to hear that he meant for me to hear all of that last night and he needed me to know that what i heard that night was not myself it was him i smiled and thanked god for the confirmation and comforting me everything would indeed be all right and honestly that's how it started this dope relationship i have with god i think it's pretty amazing um And I feel like I can always talk to him. I mean, I do. And when I talk to him, he speaks back to me. It's always through synergy that's blatant. I learned he's always speaking if I'm open, honest, paying attention, willing to hear, and in constant conversation with him. So that was pretty much the majority of my preface. You got a bit of my story. Um, Again, very raw But that was the moment I knew. Um, Yeah, that was the moment I knew. When that happened, so much changed for me. A lot changed for me going forward. I really felt like I could have a conversation with him um, about a lot of things. And what it allowed me to do was to relinquish some of the things that had been keeping me well holding me hostage one of which was um how I felt about my mother passing and I have two older sisters so we've all dealt with it in different ways um the biggest thing that I took from it though in terms of this relationship I have now is um one day I had to get super super honest with God and I had to tell him like I was mad I was angry with him. And growing up, you know, you always, well, for for us, we learned that, you know, it's blasphemous to tell God that you're angry with him. You're never supposed to be angry with God. But I was because I didn't understand it. You know, Um, going back to some of the things in my preface, I didn't have the best relationship with my father. I do now, but I didn't then. My mom was my champion. All my grandparents were gone. Mom was the champion. Mom was the one that, you know, dealt with all the crazy stuff that I was going through in high school that nobody knows about. Mom was there when I graduated from high school, had to deal with those last chance exams. Mom was the one that was helping me move into college with my sister, you know, um, and, my, and my boyfriend and his family, thank God. But mom was there. She was the constant. So how do you take that person? From me, right now. Senior year, I'm on the way to graduation. This woman helped me pay for school. She prayed me through things. She used to rub my back. Like, you know, if anyone's ever lost a parent, or anyone that they really, truly love, you do ask God, like, why would you take them? That's the person. That was my safety net. That was my road dog. Like, that was my mom. Why her? I don't have nobody now. I had to really tell him that. Because I had been holding it. I wasn't talking about it. That I was upset with him. Wouldn't tell him. Finally told him. When I finally told him that, I heard him say, I know. Changed everything. Do you know I know. I've been waiting for you to talk to me about this. I know you've been mad at me. I know you're angry. I know you don't understand and then he talked about he revealed some things to me from that point but what it did was oftentimes i find that we live in this space of denial and we don't really tell or pray about what it is that we're really feeling you know we got to wrap this thing in a pretty bow and he know he know we mad he he been knew we were mad you know um And I think after that, not even think, I know after that experience just opened up the lines of communication between he and I. So I guess in closing with the whole session today, session, podcast, episode, whatever you want to call it. um, I'm an ordinary girl, you know, and I believe I serve an extraordinary God and if nothing else, you know, that you take from at least this first episode, if you never listen to anything else, is that he exists. Find him in the way that makes sense to you. And when you do, be open, be honest. Because there's no relationship in the world that works without those things that open. Honest communication and keep the lines of communication open all the time prayer Meditation you might call it different things. It happens all the time. It happens in the car It happens on the way to work when you're um, On public transportation. It happens when you're in the shower and you're having a good cry It happens when you're cooking dinner It happens when you're typing on the computer. It happens when you're talking out loud. I talk out loud to myself But what i'm also doing is talking to god So if you take nothing else away, take that away. Um, and if you have a story that you like to share about those two things, when did God become real to you? When did you know he was real? And when did you create your own relationship with him? When did he become real to you? Like for real, for real. That's what I want to know. I want to get into the, when did you know? If you have that, 9 out of 10, if you're listening to this, you know me. So you know my number, you know my email address, um, but once I continue to do these, I'll establish all that other great stuff so people can um, <laughs> get in touch with me. But if you have a, a story that you like to share, I would be more than happy to sit down in the coffee shop, church, on my front steps, at your house. Doesn't matter to me. I'll meet you where you are. But I think it's something that we all can share, should share. And, um, time so thanks again for joining me in Ordinary People Extraordinary God Conversations for the Soul with Janelle LaRue and friends thanks so much for listening to my rambles and I hope you tune in again have an amazing day